I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A -a one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. From a land far, far away where success is a long shot and the struggle really is real comes a voice from the depths of the concrete, the bowels of the BX, a voice that can't be silenced, here to share his positivity. Welcome to the Hope of the Hood Podcast. Boom. Guys, welcome back to the Hope of the Hood Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for your support. Um, Shoot, man, I'm so just overwhelmed. I've been having a really good uh week i guess since the last time i spoke to you or you heard from me um that was what that was month last monday we had the better days show last wednesday last wednesday i'm sorry oh we recorded last wednesday it came out this monday but last with, wednesday with when we recorded bro with Mari carmen Mari carmen lopez was in the building shout out to her heavy co-executive producer from the um, Love and Hip Hop series. You may have heard of it, Love and Hip Hop Miami. Um, Yo, so then we had the Better Days show. And I just want to say, man, thank you for everybody that came out. Shout out to America Hates Us. Shout out to everybody over at Better Days. Oliver, uh, Rita, shout out to Jason. Shout out to Cervantes. Shout out to Kenny. Shout out to Rebecca working the door. Uh, shout out to my man Dan. Shout out to Makala. Shout out to everybody, man. That shit, you know, when you get that like overwhelming love, like it hit me the next day. Like I was just like, yo, because like you know, and it's like you don't know if anybody's gonna show up, and then it's like fucking sold out, bro. I showed up with one comic left. Still yo, made it though. The shit was fucking sold out, and I mean it's a free show, but it was like freed out. It was packed to the gills. To the fucking gills, man. And that shit felt like your support, man. It was like. A, the but, energy but 20 was minutes before showtime, what was the stress level like? It was it was low because people low. was coming. Like I, it was just overwhelming. Like I, I swear to God, 20 minutes before showtime, I tried to like find a little crevice to compose myself, like to catch myself and be like, "Oh, yo, this you deserve this shit, bro. Stop acting like you don't know this is your shit, bro. Stop acting like you don't like they you don't know that they love you out here in these streets." So I had to, but I only had like two seconds to compose myself because more people came, and it was just like, "Yo, yo, yo, yo!" It was fucking nuts, man. So shout out to everybody. Thank you. Keep continuing the support. Uh, the next show is actually this Wednesday because this is gonna come out on Monday. So this Wednesday is the next show, January thirty first. Uh, check us out. We don't really have. I'm gonna be there. Um, Cypher Sounds will be there. Derek Gaines will be there. Uh, Joel Johnson will be there. And we're probably locking in like one or two more comics. And uh, we got some more big news coming soon. We're not gonna unleash it on you just yet, but it's coming uh, in March for better days. We got some big, big news. Other than that, um, how you doing, Dan? Doing well, man. Doing well. You're 30. How does it feel? First month in 30. It's, any it's, any revelations? No, I've just been doing, I've been so busy that I'm kind of just like, what the fuck is happening? Busting You go from not that busy to like really busy. That's what I'm trying to show yeah. you, bro. Yeah. Got to bust That's moves. why I was late to your show. I jumped out of this podcast oh, to yeah, do it. What, what you was at? What you did? That, that, that I, I did uh, Cypher Sounds and Rosenberg's live on Epstein podcast oh, at the Highline shit, Ballroom. Son. 
I'm acting like I didn't know, but yeah. oh, I knew. Oh, shit. Yeah. So how was that, bro? I mean, I they made me introduce them six times and humiliated me a little bit because I didn't prepare. I'm not going to lie, though. But that's my character, so I you got to do it. I saw the video, and I was like, Dan's pretty fucking good on the mic. Mm. And then, say, uh, you, you, you looked like you were fucking like you did it before. Mm. I have. Sometimes, well, but I had like stage fright. Sometimes just yeah. act like you didn't be like, oh, it's my yeah. first time. I'm just natural. Yeah. You could, you, yeah. you don't have to lie. I only you. showed you the good clip, but if you listen, it's uh, Grandmaster Flash and Cool DJ Red Alert. Oh, yeah. legendary. Yeah, Come you on, just man. tell everybody you killed, all right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's no documentation. Yo, do you, you got, do you, you got, ripped it. You got standing <laughs> O in those intros. Yo, do you got Red Alert's phone number? I do. That's all you needed to say, man. Come on, man. Come on. Who you know could just call. Fucking red alert, man. The biggest bum there is. I man. bigged you up. I <laughs> bigged you up. And he was like, all right, here's my info. Give him the, he said, yo, I don't do social media. Take my number. Yeah, I told him I DM'd him. He goes, what's a DM? Yeah, he was like, what's with DMV? <laughs> I don't know what that. All right. So, guys, um, <clears throat> I guess this week you heard him a little bit just now. I'm super excited to have him. I've been trying to get this guy in for a minute. Uh, he's a master of finesse. You know what I'm saying? He's, a, he's an all-around mm. great guy. He's mad Gregorious. Oh, yeah. I don't even know what that means, but it sounds like. <laughs> I like I mean? the Master of Finesse. That's master, pretty dope. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. MOF, Master yeah. of Finesse. Finesse. You know what I'm saying? Yo, he got an album that just popped off, uh, just just released. It's called Pure Uncut Joy. Uh, it's my man Rob Cantrell. I feel like I, I, need, no, I need more of an introduction, man. This dude right here, man, sometimes, man, I'll be like, Cause when I, it's like I think in comedy sometimes like for me I'm a student of the game and I just fucking I love comedy and I'm a fan so like Good. you always meet people that like make you make you feel like yo there's more there's more to be done or there's more that can be done you know what I mean so it's like he's one of those dudes that I seen him I was like oh shit yo <laughs> this is a whole nother dimension right here you know what I'm saying it's like you know you got two three D four D my man was like on some eight D shit sir. And I was like, yo, oh, for real. And then not only that, the dude is mad cool. Because sometimes you see dudes and they don't be cool like that. And the dude was mad cool. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Mad love. And it's my man Rob Cantrell, man. Thank oh, you for coming, bro. Thank you for having me on Hope of the Hood, man. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of Petey. Thank you, man. I'm a fan of uh, Dan. I thought he was Billy. But now he's there. You can call me whatever you want. No, no. I, 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 he invited me to his birthday party, and I didn't know who it was because I knew him as Billy. <laughs> like, and then I saw the pictures afterwards. I was like, oh, shit, I would have gone to that because he hangs out with – you know everybody. Yo, he's connected to everybody he, in hip-hop. He came through. Yeah, we went to yeah. the after party. It was uh, Static Select and Tony Touch. Oh, I love Static Select. And man. I got this Nas. Have you – I got the – do you have the Nas Static Selector? I got uh, an, an ill track by Nas and uh, – Who's that dude who used to rhyme with? A.G.? A.Z. A.Z. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a bad... I got a fucking... I'm going to look it up. Can you I bang it? I got it yeah. on here. Uh, this is one of my favorite, favorite... Because he references Delirious on it. Nas does. Oh, shit. Because oh, you guys are silly like Delirious. Like, Damn, I got to hear that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let, Let me hear, hear that. It. Let me I'm, hear it. Let me hear it. I probably heard that, but I don't remember it. Yo, uh, but I'm a huge fan of hip-hop, and I'm a huge fan of New York. I'm a stand-up comedian. PD's always held me down. I've done your show. My G. Every you're, show I've got. From the beginning, man. I remember you as a young buck. Now you're middleweight. Now you're like, you're getting real fights. No, no. I remember when you were in the gym, hitting the bag, doing the speed joint. But uh, now you're, you're, you, you are out there, man. Now I'm like, oh, this guy's, for, you know, he's going to make something. He's going to make something happen. You're already making something That means something a lot, happen. man. That means a lot. I'm just following. And I love running into you. But you know what it is? I think I'm just following the... It's not nothing new. I'm I'm following the fucking pred what the predecessors did. Yeah. You know, the predecessors just worked. So I gotta work. You know, I don't never look at anything other than work. Like, yo, you just fucking work and, and, and keep my expectations low from other people, but expectations high for myself. You know what I mean? Oh, uh, yeah. You do you do you do hustle. And but you always got a smile on your face. You're always doing there. You all and you mix it up. Yo, you know and what that's Trump what I'm talking about. I'm drinking kombucha I mean, and coconuts. I didn't really want to. I didn't really want to tell him how we living up here, but we got the this craft. This is the hope of the hood. We got the craft cola redux. I don't even know what the redux means. I've never tasted that shit before, but my new thing is just mix it up. Hold on, but what that say though? What that say? Boogie down, Bronx. Boogie down, Bronx. Yeah, you didn't even know we made the we made the kombucha in the Bronx, man. This shit is made out of sweat and tears, man. Yeah, That's man. the base this, ingredient. This is 
<laughs> What's the river in the Bronx? I've been Bronx to, River, man. Bronx River. This is made with the Bronx that's River Bronx, water. That's right Bronx here. River water, man. Dude, only the finest. That cold Herc right only, here. Only man. the cool Herc sweat. Yo, I did a show at the Bronx Museum recently. Yep. I thought they was gonna have like one of Cool Herc's dreadlocks in a in an exhibit case or something, but nah, it was it was it was pretty dope though. Yeah, it it's pretty a, fucking dope. My f- my friend, my my daughter's best friend's dad is the IT dude of the Botanical Gardens out in the Bronx. Oh, shit. And we went out. Have you been to the Botanical Gardens in the Bronx? Nah, I usually go to the zoo. Yeah, the zoo's dope. But the, I've I've, to, I'm actually going to the garden this summer, though. Dude, when the summer, dude, hit a blunt, go out there, check that out, dude. It is heavy. Because you know your beautiful. boy, I fucks with petunias, lilacs, yeah. orchids, you know what I'm <laughs> saying, carnations. You're connected to nature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. why we vibe, like, You're yo, about positivity. You know yo, my man, my man Rob. The hood knows what it's about, man. Hey, they know, yeah. I mean, you know, I, we just here to kick the truth to the young hood youth. You know, Rob is one of them dudes, he, he says, he always, I remember you'd always be like, yo, it's only <laughs> two positive comedians out here. <laughs> me and Sinbad. <laughs> and I used to, I always be like, but uh, me too, bro. I know you are. I know. But you know would what? bum out. That, but no, no, but no, that no. was a straight but, up joke. No, I know, I know. But you know what? Because tr- there's a lot of, and I'm not all day positive. I mean, it's the yin and yang, man. I, no, I could, I I could swing on a dude if they come close. There's a time for everything. Time for some action. Is there's what time for said. some action. Shit goes down, you man. You can't it. play a sucker all the time, but you're going to get, you know. But here's the thing. When you say you and Sinbad, I never feel left out because I don't know if you knew this, but people call me. Uh, what what would be if Sinbad and Ghostface had a baby? I'm Ghostbad. Yeah, you are Ghostbad. Ghostbad killer, yo. You need the, you oh need my god, that's hands. amazing. <laughs> yeah, you got you, you get the you get the falcon on yo, the wrist. It, yo, pigeon. I'm gonna get the gold pigeon on the wrist. And then Sinbad yo. just had those pants, and right? Then, yeah. The silky silk pants. I'm gonna get the neon rompers. Rompers, <laughs> and he always had a funk band. Uh, yeah, and he used to have the fucking. He had the blonde. It was like a not even blonde. It was like a red, dark red blonde. Yeah, Hair style. He was not more of hip hop. He was for more he was parliament. He was funk. funk. Yeah. yeah, which is dope. Hell which yeah. Is, yeah. I mean, that's where hip hop came from. That, so he was yeah. like with the. Well, and Cool Herc. Like my my yeah. theory is definitely hip hop. It is a African-American art form. I would say like 98 percent. It is just like jazz and blues. But it's a New York art form. Like it man, is a man. fucking New York art form. And. Cool Herc's from Jamaica. I've been to Jamaica, mm-hmm. and it's the most musical fucking place ever. Every little everything town. Everything is rhythm. Everything, everything is rhythm. rhythm. Every, they all have systems like Cool Herc. Every town has just speakers on speakers, and they got reggae records for hundreds of years. Shit you don't even know about. Gods you don't even know about. No, like, we can go over there and study that shit and not even get close to understanding what it's all about, man. That shit is aya, aya, aya power. So when I saw Cool Herc's system and them doing in the Bronx, I was like, oh, that all comes from, because he's Jamaican, he knows how to set up a party, get, you know, put together a sound system. Sound sound clash. Yeah, sound clash. Big, big sound clash. clash. You know what I'm saying? Who's... Whose sound system is the strongest? Who got the hardest records, yo? And then think about the concept of like, yo, all right, how can... Because you know it came, it had to come out of competition. It had to come out of, yo, this dude's playing records. Yeah. It's a battle. And then so... It's a party. But it's a but, it's but you a, don't want the whack party. But wait, it's a battle to have a good party. party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's yeah, like, yeah, who's yeah. going to have... Who's people going to be like, yo, yeah. you got to go over here. That shit over there. Yeah. That shit ain't it. Yeah. So it's like... So think about how ill... I didn't even thought about that until right now. Like, yo. All right, we playing records. We playing records. But one dude is like, yo, I need a continuous rhythm so a shit never falls off, yo. Yeah. That was... No one thought of that. No one was like, yo... How are we gonna just keep the fucking vibe flowing so we don't have so it doesn't seem like we're changing the record? Like it's just like it's always been there though. But haven't you ever listened to music before? Hip- I'm I'm old, so I, I was born in '72. But mm-hmm. even regular, like even the most white honky bullshit that I listen to, I mm-hmm. listen to Almond Brothers. I listen to Eric Clapton. I listen to all you know all the old. Sh- I listen to you everything. Fucks with, you fucks with Billy Joel. I fucks with Billy Joel. You know he's from the Bronx. Right? Yeah, Billy Joel. My first album was The Stranger. It's called The Stranger, and it's this trippy Billy Joel album. And that was the first. I bought it in D.C. 
in a fucking uh, alley at a block party, in, like for a quarter when I was little. Damn, son, who you know go to block parties when they're little? Yeah. In the well, alley. Who you know be in the alley when they look like a little baby, son? Northeast D.C., Capitol Hill. Where you from? All right, let's go into a little. But let bit. me play this. Uh, oh, okay, okay. This uh, is a nice joint. This is not, It's called Serious, featuring right, Az. I love this beat. I think this is a. Make the half leopard. This is Static Selector? Yeah, this is all Static. This beat, I don't know. I think this is like some old rock beat that he looped up. Listen to Nas go in. I was gonna say if we go longer than forty seconds, <laughs> SoundCloud yeah. SoundCloud takes things off. No, yeah, just, so what was that? that, was, see uh, that. You know I think what? we were good. Here's the thing. That song sounds like it never gotten a lot of traction, so I think we're fine. That, yeah, yeah, that's, that's not true. a. If that was no like, hope. if I rule the world, like, yeah, that like yeah. that, you'd be like, yo, that was Columbia might come for us. Yeah. MC Search might come that's for true. us. That's <laughs> true. But this is just Static Selector. We could get him at some. About if I rule the world was uh, was Curtis Blow. I know. Uh, that y'all, yeah, yeah, true. That was the original. That's the original, and then Nas redid it. But uh, this Static Selector is just pure. A funky beat. There's no hooks. Was <laughs> there was, was no hooks. Just, just go in. Break. That was a little yeah, break. break. Just go in. His break. new album's one of my favorite albums Static of last selected? year. Uh, yeah, man. He's he like to. just a DJ, and he produces some beats. He did no, like he produces things. no. He produces full albums where he does all the music, and then he brings like the craziest people on. It's like, like Green Lantern. He'll put like yeah. Run the Jewels and Styles P on a song together. I did hear oh, that Oh, he one. did that. No, he did one recently with, with just yeah, Run the, Run newest, the Jewels. Yeah, the newest album is just crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it out yet? Yeah, it's he been out. What's up. Part four? Uh, it's number dude, eight. Right? Oh, number you eight. Mean, you mean Static Select? I thought you yeah. meant. Th- my bad. Oh, I Run the Jewels? Run the Jewels. No. Because they should be popping. Yeah. I love yeah. to Run the Jewels. Shout out to them, yo. Yo, LP, come on the fucking Killer Mike. Come Have you on hit the podcast. I ain't hit him yet, but they yeah, should have heard. Just too they hot. Yo, t- yo, they're put, like Led Zeppelin right but now. But you know what you got to do sometimes, man? You just got to put your stethoscope to the streets, man, and then you just follow what they saying, man. And it never hurts to ask. Never no, hurts to no. ask. You're right, you're right. You ask. Ask, ask again. We're all going to die. Yo, Keep the, asking. The bugged out shit, right? So we got a guest coming in hopefully this month, uh, next month. This month. Next month, my bad. And he's just like a fucking NFL player that I met somewhere. And he hit me up because I was performing. He was like, yo, you was funny, whatever, boom, boom, boom. And I'm like, oh, thanks, whatever. And I didn't think nothing of it. But then, like, I, I like, I'm, I think I was, like, half asleep. And I was just like, oh, thanks, man, appreciate that, boom, boom, boom. And then when I woke up, I was like, yo, you want to do my podcast? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, I got you, yo. I was like, what? Yeah, man. Dude's like a fucking Super Bowl champion, bro. Gladiator, man. Crazy. Dude's out there fighting the Lions. I was like, yo, you ain't got CTE, bro? That <laughs> <laughs> shit is lit. So you over here looking good. Like, all your teeth is in place and all that shit. <laughs> so, Rob, you're yes, from uh, D.C. originally? I was born in Washington, D.C. And then uh, and then we moved to a small town, a little redneck town in Virginia when I was like 11. And then I lived in Virginia till I was 16. We moved back to D.C. So how was that 11 to 16? What was going on in young Cantrell's life? What was you? What was it all about for you? 11, six, 11 it was to dope. 16. Uh, my d- well, it was bizarre because I grew up in Northeast DC, which is you know it was Capitol Hill, so it was it was a decent neighborhood, but it was during like the riots was when I was born, like literally the same. DC was, was hardcore fire. though. A lot of yeah, people don't know that yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was hardcore. It's n- and. And uh, where we lived was not Georgetown. It was wasn't Foggy Northwest. Bottoms. Nah, we were not in Foggy <laughs> Bottoms, dude. Dude, I'm Capitol Hill. I, yeah, I'm Eastern Market. I'm East Capitol. Um, I'm Northeast. I'm Union Station. I got caught shoplifting at Union Station. Damn, son. Uh, which is, uh, but no. Uh, so the, DC, the, I grew up there, and it was a, it, it was just a, it was exact 
opposite. So you're talking 95% black. I went to public school in probably the roughest city at the time, worse mm-hmm. than Detroit. Probably a lot like the Bronx is probably rougher. But shit popped off. So like somebody like got shot in our alley that how I lived old were, in. How old were you here at this time? This, this was zero to ten. Okay, okay, cool, cool. So, yeah, my, uh, so, yeah, my bikes always got stolen. You know, you just always learn. It was just a city kid. Yeah. And then uh, my dad lost his job in the city, but he got a job at a small college about four hours What'd your south. dad do? My dad was worked on Capitol Hill. My dad is from an even small town. My dad, pure, like, uh, coal mine, redneck, a town called Pound, Virginia, a town of 500 Damn. in southern Virginia. My grandfather <coughs> was, a, was a child worker in the coal mines. Damn, yo, young baby, somehow, yeah. smoking yeah. 20 cigarettes a day, Just kids. banjos and, and, and moonshine. You either did moonshine or you did, this was not the rich, this yeah. wasn't the rich. This is the fucking back in the holla, back in. This is the, when they had to the stick. Mountains. This is when they had to stick with the bandana when they yeah. were moving shit. Then they moved. So he, my dad came from nothing, but he went to UVA. He had a full basketball scholarship. Oh, he was hooping and swooping. He was hooping and swooping, but in the Air Force, my dad was hardcore, okay. and he was a disciplinarian. I got whipped with a belt. I said yes, Did sir. Did your dad no, have sir. a buzz cut? Yeah, he had a tie and tight, how- man. <laughs> he had a tie and tight. He wasn't playing, but he was sharp as hell, and yeah. he was smooth. And his big gig, how he got power in D.C., was he became the assistant to the first mayor of Washington, D.C., who's Walter Washington, African-American, the first African-American mayor. He was his right-hand man. Get the fuck out of here. He went from heavy. He went from, like, he was working the Veterans Committee. He's working just, you know, when you're on the Hill, it's like you're open mic and you you do shit for free mm-hmm. you're just doing internships you're doing whatever just like you do at the radio shows like you build yourself up so my mm-hmm. dad was doing that but he came from nothing was poor as hell had a cheap so people respected him you know and uh and then he got that gig and he didn't make a, my dad never made a lot of money but he had pull mm-hmm. like he had redskins tickets like we had reds and that was big. hot that was big. dude that was Danny White. That was right before they went to the champion, right to the Super Bowl. Doug Williams, all that era Damn. is when I would go to the games because my dad was not. We weren't rich, I'm saying, but he was in. He had the tickets. He though. had the ticket. He had the power. He he had the dude that ran the city, mm. and this was right before Marin Barry. That's like if his man's was like Willy Wonka or something. Like, yeah, you know, your main man distributes the gold tickets. Yo, yeah, chilling. He knew it, but so I remember DC. I remember Go Go Music. I remember going to RFK Stadium. Right. So this all is that shit. This but is, then we moved to this D- is zero to. 10. Yeah, zero to ten. And this is Pop Dukes is on the grind. grind. Pop Dukes is the right hand man to the mayor. Yes. Pop Dukes is busting moves. He got the tickets. got little too much power, and somebody took him out. The thing about scandal, power, not hardcore scandal, just somebody was inside in the Washington Post and started writing that he wasn't doing a good job, just just trashing him, trashing him, they was trashing like, Yo, him. We see him at all the Redskins games, but we never see him at the, <laughs> at the marches. Yeah. Uh, no, he was at the marches. My dad was definitely a hardcore Democrat, like hardcore Jimmy Carter from, and I know people hate liberals and shit, but back in the day, fucking Democrats was the blue collar. Mm-hmm. This I'm talking 70s and 80s. This mm-hmm. is before Bush and all this shit, all this new, you know, I don't even know what's going on with politics now. I don't even check in. I'm done with, you know, but, you know, he was for the working man. That's what my dad was down with, and he was definitely down for, you know, the impoverished and down for the African-Americans, and definitely was just as liberal as it get, and he came from nothing, so mm-hmm. he, he could talk that shit. Right. But he got he got a really dope job at a young age. How old was he, do you think, around? I think he was like 32. And he was running with the right-hand man with the mayor? Of, the mayor, and of D.C. I of know, DC. So everybody, crazy. all the congressmen has to, if they, the congressmen want Redskins tickets, if the president want, they have to go through D, the, the mayor, because the mayor runs the, what's it's your a pop, small what's your pop's town. name? That's Robert. I'm junior. Oh, OG, you right. I'm the junior. Oh, senior. Yeah, he was Robert Carl Cantrell. Young Carl. You can look him up, man. There's pictures of him uh, and <clears> there's <throat> stuff in the Washington Post. But it, it's something I learned with show business, too, and I got a lot of heat early on. I was on the very first last comic stand. I was going to ask you about yeah, that. Yeah, that was top 10. And I was only two years in. I was 29 years old and knew nothing about show business, and I was on the hottest TV show out really? of nowhere. That's crazy. Yeah, that's how, I, that's how I knew about him. I was watching that as a little kid. Yeah, and every, you know this industry. People, people were taking my legs out, and I didn't even know they were taking my legs mm. out. So in hindsight, 
now I'm 45 and I got a kid and I understand my dad a lot better now. It's mm. like, I understand like, but he couldn't take it. He got his legs taken out. My dad had an ego. Like my dad probably wanted to be president. He had a, he had a swagger, man. Uh, and he just, just washed his hands of it all. Got a job at a college, four hours down south. The thing about the job at the college is you get your housing, so he has free housing for his kids. Mm -hmm. We got free food, right? The, the education's cheap as hell, and then he has family. There's a town in Southern Virginia where he comes from, where he's uh, from, that I'm related to everybody. Like, it's crazy. I got roots, you know? I, there's, there's crazy roots. Uh, but I ran away from all that shit, because there's a lot of dark shit about the South, as you know. It's oh, a yeah. lot of ignorant shit that you can just, if you get stuck in ignorance and you don't rise above, you're gonna get, you it's going to pull you down. And, you know, you're not going to make it to 35, or you're going to be hating your life. All right, so let's rewind a little. Yeah. Let's rewind a little. <laughs> it's a crazy life. Let's, hold on, let's rewind. Pop Dukes. They 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 um slander my dude. We're gonna say I don't know slander. if they slandered. It was just <laughs> it was high level politics. All right, well, as it happens it didn't in work every out. game. Yeah, I was listening to Cypher Sounds today mm -hmm. with his not you know hot ninety seven or yeah. like. Oh, no, he was on the Breakfast Club breakfast today. Breakfast Club, but you know when you get when you get up, right? It, the less friends you have, Absolutely. man, it's crazy. You Cause know, because like, you really see who the friends really are. The friends like, really are. Really and even your friends are yeah, kind of yeah. looking at you sideways. Absolutely. They so it's kind of crazy. They say a little slick shit when you come in. You probably, yeah. Rob Senior probably just go to the bar, have a have a cold there, one. Yeah, They're like, cool. look who it is, President Cantrell. Yeah. Like, yeah, and he was a little redneck town. He probably was smiling and yeah. taking it all in, loving it. And he got us, you know, he got us it. That was the thing. We, I went to a private school, the best school in D.C. for a year, and then he lost his job. And then I went to a public school Damn, for the yo. next three years Shit. in D.C. Culture shock. Yeah, culture shock, but also great. No, I do, so I really how do have a perspective. This? So this is 11 now? Now oh. we moved down in Virginia, and this is when it gets sad. All right, and, so uh, now we're, how old are we now? We're, we're 11. Uh, we're in town for maybe like a year and a half. In Virginia. In Virginia. And... One, my, my dad goes to pick up my older brother from camp at Virginia Tech. Mm -hmm. He was at sports camp. My, dad, my older brother's a full-on jock. Like, I didn't, have, I ain't got it. My brother can play hoop, can play anything. He's mm -hmm. still, he's 50 years old, and he still plays street ball. That's like, crazy. hard. That's goes crazy. hard in the paint. That's crazy. And he knows, and he listens to hip-hop and talks shit, watch SportsCenter all day. Right. Like, he's just a goofball. He, but sports, too. Just a jock, but cool. Funny as hell. But... Yeah, my dad went to go pick him up, and he fell asleep in the car driving to pick him up and ran off the road, hit a wall, and died instantly. Pop Dukes? Pop Dukes. Oh, shit. Wow. So I saw him in the morning. I was like, that, I this was, is in Virginia. I was in Virginia. So I'm in this little rednecky town. All the, no, I would say every, there, was a, there was a factory in this town called uh, Bluebird, and they made Bluebird buses. They made school buses. Oh, I know Bluebird. Yeah, yeah you know those school yeah. buses. This town, nobody went to colleges. Everybody went to. Everybody worked at the factory because mm. you got good jobs and and you know it was just wasn't a college educated town. And we were from like from D.C. My dad was reading books. My dad was listening to jazz and mm -hmm. opera. He was, he was and he came from nothing. Right. But he wanted he, right. wanted, he wanted to, to rise be, above. He wanted to rise above. And and but he got he got dissed by politics and saw that the ego game mm -hmm. you could see it when it comes close you know there comes a point where you want to walk away and he walked away and uh, but yeah he died instantly and you were eleven I was eleven and I saw the cop come and tell my mom so I'm standing there and the cop comes up the stairs and my mom and says something to my mom my mom just drops like uh, just like you know in in the first Star Wars movie. You know, Obi-Wan gets hit by Darth Vader. Like, she just, boom, I just saw him. And then, it, you know, it was, uh, yeah, my dad passed away. So it was just me, my older brother, my older sister in this little town of Virginia. And you're the youngest? I'm the youngest. And, and so we're in Virginia, and uh, we have to move out of the college. But the thing is, my dad had good insurance. Mm -hmm. He had, he worked for the government, and shit kicked in. And there was money, right. so there was enough money for my mom. She went and got more school, and still was a teacher. But she, uh, we stayed in Virginia till I was 16, till my brother graduated, and we moved back to D.C. to the same house. My dad owned this house and was was flipping the house, like paying it off because we were living for free. But when he died, he bought the house out. Right. My mom still lives there. My sister lives like we are. I've lived there. I've had friends crash there. 
just this old house in in Capitol Hill that's now it's it's like Brooklyn like it's gone up and up yeah. and up and up but uh yeah so then we're in Virginia and and uh yeah I pretty much grew up without a dad in a little town all right so your dad died yeah. and then you moved back do you moved back to DC when did you move back we to both DC? moved back to DC when on I was 16 hold on, hold on can we rewind a little so yeah. this is at 11 we stayed there yeah. So take me to where you were though like so this is like because i don't know i know what it's like for my dad to bounce yeah and like with the possibility of coming back yeah so you're That's heavy. you had to deal with something that was like yo you know there's no coming back so how do you go from there like what where are you at now like mentally where are you at as a mentally kid? it was just a, a flip of the switch you know it really was a flip of the switch like oh this is you know, you just learn death. You learn. That's why I think I'm so happy and so positive that I learned that lesson mm. so fucking early that <clears throat> shit goes down. Mm. None of this is all temporary. You yeah. know, the only real moment is this moment. And I saw it happen like within a couple hours. My life was a gazillion times different, gazillion times different. But on the flip side, my dad was a really hardcore disciplinarian, you know, whipped me with the belt, was hardcore from the South, you know. I think, and I'm a very creative person. I'm out there, and I think we would have clashed if he stayed alive. Like, it's really mm. weird, like, in a lot of it. And, you know, the money that came from the insurance made me go to college. It got me through college, and I, mm. I did get to experience college, and it was paid for. I didn't graduate with loans, so that's, uh, you know, I'm blessed. I'm blessed all around. To tell you the truth, I mean, he hooked us up a gazillion fold it's that's just you know crazy. how shit falls you know the cards fall and a lot of times fuck up but sometimes you know other cards fall right in the right place that's and crazy so but right. at the time but that's where the pure uncut joy comes in yeah. and i was really into music and i would say a year or two after that i started break dance that's well, when hip-hop hip-hop happened and that's what this, this how did you but how did you learn like how did you what was your i knew funk from dc mm -hmm. i knew I knew the double Dutch bus. I knew all that, uh, like, what, who's that? Uh, you know, was Buffalo Gals. Ma I knew Malcolm all McLaren. Malcolm, Malcolm McLaren. I knew all the Buffalo Gals. I knew the Rapper's Delight. Mm -hmm. That was kind of 70s, early 70s, 80s. So that six. was in D.C. We got that. Okay. And we got Go Go. So we got. We got a lot of Got to have them cowbells, man. Yeah. If you ain't got the cowbells, you man, you got to go cowbells, home. Man. You got to have a bongo player. You got to have two drummers. You, <laughs> you got to have go a couple home. dudes on the horns. You got to have the funk. Do you, you know, the do you know James Brown used to have like three to four drummers back oh, in the yeah. month? Yeah, James Brown is where it's all at, Fucking man. Crazy, that's the dude. super funk. All that's right. the showbiz. That's Mr. Showbiz. I got. He has some great lessons about showbiz. I fucking love it. He's like one of my guys that I look to. But like, all right, so you, you, you get into, you're, you're influenced by music. You're yeah, 12 music. years old, you start popping and, and locking. Popping and locking. That was the shit. And that, and, and, and you know, I don't, like, I guess the I started hearing about it. Jam On It was first. I think that kind of came out. Like, Jam On And then those early Run DMC records. But even before Run DMC, it was like, it was, oh, Egyptian Lover. Mm. And there was some DJs. There was an older kid. He actually died. And he was like the cool kid from high school. And he had a Jeep. And he would pump beats. And he played Egyptian Lover. He mm -hmm. dated my sister. Oh, shit. And uh, he ended up dying, like, in a car accident later on. Did uh, you have any visuals of it? Or was it just like you heard the music? No, and then it your, was. Your you feet heard started it. moving. Yeah, it and was. And then your shoulders started, started moving. moving. And you're like, oh, shit, what about You I might doing see that? a little clip of it on TV. It started soaking through, you know, kind of little early videos. Even, I was thinking about something. Like, I'm so old. I remember before music videos. You know about Solid Gold? Nah, what's that? Solid Gold was before music videos. They had this show that literally would they would just play the hits of the day mm -hmm. and they would have dancers. And it okay. was like these sexy girls. It's like a Soul Train kind of deal? Kinda, but it was like orchestrated. So they would play the hits and they'd play the top 10 mm -hmm. or whatever. But, you know, some of that stuff was like early Michael Jackson, like off the wall. Like I kind of remember, I remember my cousin brought home Thriller and it was before it blew up. And she was hip. I remember she was married, but she had weed. And she was like a cool 20-something. And she brought home Thriller. And that's when the moonwalk was kind of hitting. And people started breaking. People were breaking. And I and there was a bunch of kids that, you know, it was black kids mostly. And I would go break. 
I would get cardboard. I get nonolio. Did you have an afro back then? Yeah, I know. I had. I didn't have an afro, but I had a full Nike suit. Oh yeah, that I was, had a yeah, full yeah. dope Nike suit. You was down by law. I was down by suit. law, and I break. I would go in my basement and break, and I would do bubble letters. I love graffiti. I think it kind of all hit at the same time because remember there were some early graffiti movies. Mm-hmm. I remember that, and then I remember breaking and hip hop bubbling, but breaking busted much bigger than rapping ever did. Right. Like breaking dance was the one that broke open pop culture. This is before the Beastie Boys, before Run DMC, and the movies were Beat Street and Breakin'. Mm-hmm. Breakin' was whack. Even back then, I didn't fuck with Breakin'. <laughs> I was full Beat Street in New York. That's why I'm here. I own two movies on the VCR. This dude started dating my mom, Lou Castellano. This Shout out, from he New sounds York. like a mobster. He was, like, he, was, he was Italian Castellano lawyer. Castellano family. And yo. I think he was like kind of connected, but he wanted to marry my mom after my dad died but my mom wasn't fucking with him my mom didn't my mom never remarried that was another thing i never went through that stepdad Respect. shit me neither yeah I, just love. She, yeah love she that's was down my feeling. dad yeah. she was down that she was like that's it that's she wasn't it. i don't think my mom was down with my dad she was just like you'll never again never again i'm not <laughs> trusting those motherfuckers yeah he, and my dad was a motherfucker and yeah, yeah dude, you know marriages are hard but uh but he bought me beat street and break it Oof. And oh, and sixteen candles. I loved comedy. Okay, I loved comedy, dude. And I would say that was the same th- time. How? When did you know the Jake? No, I'm sorry. All right, we're gonna get into that. We can get, but delirious. Delirious hit in '82. And, and how, my how mom old you? and my that was my dad was still alive. My dad loved stand up. Let me my ask My dad you a would let me watch Robin Williams specials, and we would watch. He loved Eddie Murphy. Let me ask you. My a dad question. loved. I'm telling you, no, he loved Delirious. He didn't fuck with Richard Pryor, because he knew Richard Pryor was on was on the coke and because they were the same age and they came from ev- nothing and Richard Pryor was fucking it up and then he saw Eddie Murphy who was clean and sober my dad was a hard ass but he knew what was funny and he knew what was cool and he was like this is the dude like Hilarious. he thought, crazy he, and he, he was like he's doing it right he's dead sober he's getting the money he's getting he's fucking taking over Hollywood mm-hmm. and he's just not he's not smoking the rock He's not mm-hmm. getting out there. Because, you know, this is the Coke 80s. I remember the first, my f- I'm all over the map, but my first celebrity death, death was John Belushi. I remember seeing that on Time Magazine. And I knew about Saturday Live. I loved Saturday Live. I had cool cousins that turned me on to that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. When, or like, so was one of the things, because for me, I think it was like, like I knew I wanted, I, I knew, I don't, I'm not going to say I knew I wanted to be a comedian, but I knew I was attracted to comedy because I used to see like, I don't know. It sounds like maybe this is the same thing for you. Like, you see your dad, who's a disciplinarian. The only time he fucking opens up is when he's laughing. Yeah. It feels like he's, it feels like this, this, la- like, humor broke down the strongest guy you knew. And it's like, yo, I want that fucking power. Or not even I want that power, but it was, a, an, attra- it was an attraction to that power. Like, wow, you can fucking. My dad was a harness, but he loved me, and he thought I was funny. Okay. And he always thought I was funny. And I remember, I just talked to my older brother. He was like, yeah, dad loved you. Like, he thought you were just, he just thought you were cool. Like, he just thought you were funny mm-hmm. and you were cool. And he didn't fuck with you as hard as I, he fucked with me. Like, my dad was just, you know, kind of a hard ass. But, yeah, I think in essence, my dad wanted to be an artist. I think in essence, my dad wanted, did not want to work for the man. Who wants to work for the man? A Nobody lot of people, wants well, A lot of people do. Some people do. A lot of people do. A lot of people, but my dad didn't. My dad didn't didn't want to bow didn't want to bow down. Didn't want to join. Didn't want to join the masses. Mm-hmm. Wanted to rise above. And I think, in essence, when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. No, he wanted to be an artist, and he kind of, he instilled that dream in me. But uh, yeah, he loved stand-up and... Love comedy. And yeah, those were the first things was like uh, Eddie Murphy, I would say Robin Williams special, early Saturday Night Live, 
And there was a time after my dad, like when I was 13, but we were in this shit town in Virginia and there was no comedy around, but there mm. was an open mic in Roanoke and I almost went and I had it cut at out. 13? At 13. Oh, wow. I just didn't pull the trigger, man. Damn, yeah. And then, you know, by 14, so I you started already get drinking. So I started you, but drinking you knew, at 14. But you knew at 13. I knew at 13. I loved it. This is it. what you got to do. Yeah, and I hung out with these funny dudes, and we would go over material. Oh, and shit. even on the way to school, I'd be like, I'm going to do this joke. I used to do Ric Flair impressions all day. Ric Flair is like <laughs> hot. Because I grew up with NWA. I didn't grow up with, with Hulk Hogan. Right. I grew up with that redneck shit that was all Dusty Rhodes. Ric right, Flair right. was actually more real than all those cats together. Right. So I grew up watching the Superstation, which was TBS, and they would have Ric Flair on. They would have this little hour thing, and they were shot in this little TV studio, and I would do impressions of Ric Flair all day. And Nikita Koloff, and I used to sing. Nikita, Nikita Koloff was this Russian. Yeah. And he'd, oh, Nikita Koloff, I'll give you the Russian sickle. <laughs> <laughs> you come on, Ric Flair, you do dancing around you. You know, he did this whole thing. And I remember when Dirty Diana came out. Yeah. You know, by uh, by Michael Jackson, mm -hmm. you know that joint? Yeah. And uh, I used to do an impression of Nikita Koloff singing Dirty Diana oh, <laughs> that would break everybody Dirty out. Shine. Like, every, I'd be, Dirty Diana. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Dirty Diana. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. And I would break them all out. And, uh, yeah, you know, so you I the, really was so you had the back lunch of the room. Classroom. No, I wasn't the number yard. one. I was right. number two or three. Because I always thought my shit was smarter than everybody else. I still I read books. Damn, I'm the same way. I, I don't think I think I was, was the number one goofball. I was two or three down the line, but I thought some of the number one goofball shit was hacky. Yeah, I felt like I was like in school. I felt like I was number one. And the only reason I felt, but there was mad fun. There was a, there was a, like not there wasn't mad. Fun. Everybody to me in the hood is funny, but. Yeah, we, there was only a few that knew what we were doing. As far as like, yo, we're trying to get Joke. that fucking class clown in the yearbook. Oh yeah, you're like that's yeah, yeah, all yeah, I'm yeah, fucking yeah. with. Like I didn't care about the classwork. I just cared about being the class cl the clown the year. The, you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, but I think the thing that kind of helped edge me over those guys was all the cool kids loved me because I was thinking it was crazy. <laughs> I was thinking about that earlier today. I was on the bus, and I'm like, dude, I used to. Uh, I would I would never get bullied, yeah. Because the bullies loved me around. Like they just were like, "Yo, we want to hit." And you know why I thought about that? Because of fucking Jimmy from Gotham. Yeah. Not saying he's a bully, but this is a fucking menacing looking dude. He looks like like all but three. If you can make those dudes laugh. Like, have you ever been caught? I've I've been caught like kind of talking shit and the, and the bullies around mm -hmm. and got in my face. But then I would make them laugh. You know, yeah, yeah, I would yeah. just kind of like do some shit, and it works. All right, so, yeah, the lunchroom, that shit, school, that was, like, the first. Cause I'm, you, what was your move at lunchroom? Did you do the, I'm going to eat weird shit? Remember that guy? Nah, I was never I didn't that do that kid. kid. I was no, just snapping. I, I was snapping on people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I would sit with the cool kids, the bullies, and yeah. they'd be like, they would point somebody out and just, rah, get them. Yeah, get clothes is number one. Clothes. Get them. And then yeah. I would always think of things to say. Like, I would always try to think of clever things. Like, I don't know, or I would, I would just try to think of shit to say and bust it out on them. And then, like you said, make everybody go crazy. And then the, the biggest compliment would be down the line, people mimicking my shit yeah. to me. Like, yo, yo, do that thing you did. Or remember the time you did the thing. I had a girl when I first started doing comedy that I didn't even remember from high school. She messaged me, and she saw I was doing comedy. And she goes, yo, I remember the time in bio class. I was sitting in front of you. And the, I think the teacher was going around to get, like, the homework, and yours wasn't signed. And you were like, yo, my dad's arm got blown off in Vietnam and some crazy shit. And she was <laughs> like, yo, I spit my fucking juice out of my nose. And it was crazy. And, like, that was like, I didn't Everybody knew it was a lie? I don't even know. I didn't even remember that fucking story. But I'm like, <laughs> I can see that. Like, yeah. I was a shit that I would say. But, but no, I think that's where, like. I think we lose that though as as we yeah. get older and like you we gotta make bills, man. When once 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 the real world like goof time is fun. Goof time can go to like twenty five. Yeah, yeah. But shit gets when you got dude. I had to I had to get my wisdom teeth on a Groupon. Damn son, I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, I had to get my wisdom teeth out on a Groupon. The, they do that in the basement. Down in the basement, dude had pliers. It was deep son. in Brooklyn. My shit, I ate an almond, and it was all cracked out. Damn, how do you fucking get your root canal with a Timberland boot? 
<laughs> you fucking put the string in your tooth. Yeah, he barely put it together. I still need some work there. This tooth, this is the year I'm going to get a couple teeth fixed. Yo, we gonna, this is on, the man. showbiz year that I'm going to get a you couple teeth. See that pure teeth. joy, pure, pure uncut moving. joy. The album's moving. You know what I'm saying? My man just put the album out. One of my favorite comedians moving out here in these streets. If you never heard of him, you need to fucking put your ear to the streets, man. You know, you could catch this on, on any any platform. Catch it on iTunes. Catch it on Spotify. Catch yeah. it on fucking Tidal. You can catch it on anything it's that on you title. can stream music on. And then we got the fly flyers. You see the flyers with the barcodes. You just put the Q, it's the QR code. Put yeah. it on your phone. Boop. Now you listening to Pure Uncut Dre in your fucking earlobes, man. Come on. It's one. Uh, it's a show. I'm proud of this album, man. I d- I put out an album in 2007. Mm-hmm. No, 2009. So that's like eight years ago. And this was, uh, how, how long after you started did you put your album out? About seven years. All right. I did about seven years. I started in 99 in okay. San Francisco. Oh, for real? Yep. What were you doing out there? I left, man. Uh, at, so Wh- Where'd you leave from? I left from D.C. I, got a, I, I went to college, graduated, was an English major, was a creative writing major. That's dope. Yeah, it was dope, but I, did, I couldn't make any money with it. But I got a sales job. I but had a it's personality. Still, it's knowledge. And that's the thing that I'm learning, too, is like the one really? of the most littest things there is, is is profiting off of what you know. That yeah. shit is so if you think about it, like, yo, you just made like you knew how to take a shortcut or something or you knew how to do yeah. something someone else didn't know. And you're like, yo, I'll tell you how to do it for a few dollars. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, just yeah. crazy. And yeah, and and just uh, you know, going to college, you just learn how to socialize, and you know how to just interview and all that shit. And I knew I shook. I didn't know. I remember being so scared after I graduated because I d- wasn't doing comedy. I was drinking. I was getting fucked up. I was a goofball. But uh, but then I got a sales job right out of school. I was a headhunter, mm-hmm. and I was doing a hundred sales calls a day. Like they made you do a hundred sales calls. And I hated it. There was like three years of my early 20s. I would say like 21 to 25, four, five. But I was making decent money. Mm-hmm. And I moved back to my mom's house and I saved up 10 grand. I didn't go out for a year. Damn. I didn't see nobody. I kept. I just would smoke one hitters out of my uh, <laughs> <laughs> out of the out of out of the window. And I, this is the true story. I didn't even have cable. And, but my my brother-in-law had a box full of Larry Sanders tape. And I would just watch. I would just watch Gary Shandling every night and smoke one hitters and save and save and save until I had enough money to leave this job and move to California. I traveled around a bit, but then I, when I got to California, I said, "Man, it's fucking do or die." And I looked up just an open mic, and I went to my first open mic. I did it, and uh, you were hooked. Fuck it from the get go. I remember, and I killed, and it was right, but it was there was no microphone. It was the worst of the worst. I went to the worst. I went to the belly of the beast. Right. It was right off of, in the Tenderloin, literally off the Tenderloin. It's off Market Street. It's called the Luggage Store, and it was a just there's hookers out front and all of it. And you have to go upstairs, and it was like the worst open micers in the world, depressing as hell. Some of these dudes were on heroin. But you got a few laughs from people that didn't know you, and you was like, I'm on the right track. Yeah. I walked out of there and I killed it. <laughs> I walked out of there. And I was like, dude, I'm gonna be on Saturday Night Live in three months. Yeah, like, that's, I, that's, I, that's how I felt too. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I was it. like, this is this is. I got this. They don't even know. Yeah, I did my but first th- mic and yeah. I fucking I felt the same way. And I was like, yo, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna get my own sitcom. Yeah. And now and it's then, 17 years later. No, I'm but still then you grinding. go back. You go back to the the best part. The best thing about that is when you go to the next mic and you bomb. That's what fucking, happened. For it feels like 10 hours. Yeah. But. Then you feel you you just chase that high. You, you just chase, chase that, that high, high. Yeah. and you, and you remember that you were funny, and you were like somewhat. You know, it's just stand up. Stand up's a whole. It's so fucking hard, man. It's so, a whole other thing. So yo, my dude, yo, I'm, I'm, I'm. But I went out to the Bay of California. I just wanted to say California's the most beautiful. What thing made in the you world. go out there though? Out of uh, all I have, it was during the dot com boom, and okay. a lot of my friends in the early twenties were moving out there with jobs, and pe- and my one friend said, dude. I got a room for you for 350 bucks. What? And I went out there, but that didn't last. And I didn't, uh, like I had a couple jobs and I was working the open mics and I just, and I stopped hanging out with any college friends and just did comedy. Like mm-hmm. every, you know, the gig, like either you're in or you're out. Yep. And I went in, I went all the way in. Like literally just nothing else but stand up, coffee and weed, Hell and yeah. stand up. And that, and uh, 
I eventually had to move out, and I worked construction in Buffalo for a couple months. Damn. I made like three grand. In winter? Buffalo? Yeah, in winter. My friend had a little construction company. He was like, yo, you come up here. And I, want, I always wanted New York. Mm-hmm. I loved California, but I wanted New York. I still think if you got New York, you got it, man. This is the hardest place Yo, to dude, stay. Yo, dude, that's up. like I wrote a post today. I was like, I don't want to work the road. I want to work the city. Yeah, you want to work, but you want to no, work I, the no, road but eventually. Still, at the same yeah. time, I guess I have skewed views and visions and dreams. Yeah. Because like everybody would like everybody like I would say that, and everybody would. I know. I already know. Ninety nine point nine percent like this shit that Lysol kills will say. But here's the thing. But here's the thing, though. I want so popping that you gotta come wherever the fuck I'm at. Yeah. Like on another level. Like yo, you got like you know how you had to go to the boogie down Bronx to get that vibe back in the day? Like I'm chasing that thing. Like I'm chasing the thing that people ain't got nobody's fucking do not saying nobody. No, I'll people tell you doing who had that people are doing that. Headbird. Yeah, like the thing you got to fucking seek him out. Like, where's he at? And I think Hannibal had that for a minute. But, I mean, he has, they, he still, I'm talking, like, he, that's like, he can go to Wichita tomorrow and say, yo, I'm doing a show tomorrow. Sold out. Yeah. But I'm talking about, yo, where you going to be at? And everybody, and it's the hottest ticket in town because you there. And it's like, yo, the people are coming from far and wide. People are coming from fucking Schenectady. People are coming from fucking Pocono. Waikiki <laughs> on a fucking surfboard. Oh, shit. You're and talking Hawaii? You're tapping into show that? You, son. Dude, Motherfuckers from Tulum and shit. You know what I'm saying? Canadians? Gl- they hang gliding in and shit. You know? <laughs> fucking hovering Just in, yo. Hang it in. For the gods. And you know the gods is there. So, all right. You moved to Buffalo. We got a no fast Buffalo. Fo- I just uh, I did that for just a month, just to grab some cash, and I moved right into New York City. And I saw the Lower East Side. I did all was that this, surf reality. Right. Was this, this two was years though? Was this like within two, the two years, years? In this is before I got last comic standing. So I was still grinding, and I was sleeping on couches in New York, thinking I could move here with like a year and a half under my belt, mm-hmm. and I wasn't moving shit. You know, I was I was getting on at the worst shows of the worst. I couldn't get on any clubs, and then I moved back to San Francisco, and I lived in a hostel for like a year and a half, and I got free rent because I worked the night shift. I worked from midnight to 7 a.m. at this place called the Green Tortoise, Mm. which is uh, this hippie hostel, (laughs) but my man used to sell hash there, and I would just smoke bowls of hash. and work the front desk, and I lived for free, pretty much squatting in this illegal apartment. So and then, how uh, did you how did you get to um, last comic standing? So I was just grinding, and then I started working the punchline. My first week was Dave Attell, and it was his first week on Insomniac. Oh shit! Wow! And the place was packed. It was the punchline's the dopest club in the world, man. And it's a small little club. It's it's a little hidden away, but it's like red velvet curtains, packed crowd, night nightclub all the, you know they have those candles on the table yeah, yeah, yeah. and the waitresses are cool you know and it's not it's, it's electric everybody it's electric and san francisco likes good art man mm-hmm. and it like if you're good they're gonna they're gonna get behind you you know mm. there's a lot you know you think it's all about new york and la but san francisco's just got a lot of creative cats and a lot of money and you know if you're popping and atel was super popping mm-hmm. and i remember that was my first real gig and but that was after like two and a half years of straight grinding i finally got on at the punchline this is what they do at the punchline for young comics i didn't get on at the punchline for a year and a half you had to go on sunday if you were a new comic and they call it the showcase because the rest of the week was just like you know gotham they would have a weekly show Mm -hmm. but you had to stand in the back for the whole show and you didn't know if you were going on and they would come up to you out of nowhere and say hey you're going on in the next Five minutes. <laughs> shit, duck, duck, goose. And if you bomb, you'll never work the club for like mm. eight months. So I did well, and uh, I survived that little system, you know. And I started getting money by hosting. I was hosted for Todd Berry, hosted for Hedberg, hosted for Attell, and I had a hot five minutes. And they had this like, uh, it was a random, just cold call for all the comics and it was for some show nobody knew about this is the first season Mm -hmm. and i went and i just had a hot five minutes man i just fucking ripped it hot 
hot. You couldn't. I'm not saying I was the best comic, but my five minutes. Nah, it doesn't, yo. You know on, when you, because you're opening all the time. I That's was like, opening. yo, you don't gotta be Michael Jordan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do. For fi- five minutes, you could be, you could beat Michael Jordan. You could beat, yeah, yeah, yeah. In a five minute game, you know, you do a, yeah, yeah, boom, 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 Yeah, first to first to five. Yeah, first to five. So if you had a hot, that was the thing. If you had a, and it had to pop, and that's what I had. I was young. Hungry, spry, spry. They didn't see it coming. I wasn't wrapped, but I would fuck them up. Like yeah, I would, if they was on a showcase and it was a seven minutes, I was, you know, I was in there. I was swinging, and uh, I had a, some great. I, I still had. I did a, one of the jokes that I started out with the other night, and it still worked. I was like, damn, that shit's still pretty <laughs> good. It's classic, bro. Classic, it's a hit yeah. record. It's a hit record. It's still laying around. I'm, I, you know. So, uh, and then, dude, it was off to the races, man. They flew me down to L.A. I met Ralphie May there for the first time. We did L.A. I was there. Buddy Hackett was judging. Joe Rogan was judging. Monique was judging. It was on national television. Crazy. And I did it again. Bam! Hit it. They picked me again. They're flying me to Las Vegas. That's crazy. And I was just that confidence. And I always talk about the essence of of gambling. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, you could tell when you're winning. You know when it's hitting? When you just, that's the moment we're all searching. Oh, yeah. When it's like, whap, whap. It's the consistency. It's the consistency, and you're doing it. And uh, when you're young, it's kind of random. Now I can kind of figure it out a little bit. Right. But back then, I was just, I was, j- I had a r- nice God will, and I just had a nice run. I had a good look. I had a good timing, and uh, I got on national television and the show was a huge monster hit, you know. And I moved to L.A. I signed with Barry Katz. I started touring with Jay Moore. I had my own apartment. But then shit kind of, you know, I was three years in, and I wasn't really drawn. And then the next season came. The next season was bigger than the first season. Then the next, you know, it kept mm-hmm. on building. Mm-hmm. So every season, my stock would go down. Right. And that's not, I wouldn't say, it was by the Second season, I figured it out, and I was like, I got to get out of L.A., mm-hmm. and that's when I came here to New York. Okay. But I got to do that. Those between 2003 and 2005, I got to do Tough Crowd twice. Nice. I did Last Comic Stand. I did a, uh, I did a show, Craig Kilborn. I did a late-night spot, okay. you know, but three years in, you know. That's crazy. You know, it was hot. It was great, and yeah. I was making good money, and I was doing – I did a couple corporate gigs that was cr- – that I was nowhere qualified for. <laughs> Nowhere, and I got bigger checks than I ever. I mean, I haven't touched that money since, but it's coming. You know, it's around the corner. She was in the loop. Though. I was oh, in the right. loop. So fast forward, because we gotta, we gotta wrap it up. I, yeah, I don't no, want to wrap it up. I don't want to wrap it up. I don't want to wrap it up. Definitely has to be a part two. Yes. Another time. Yes. Stop sounding so sultry, please. <laughs> Yo, um. So fast forward, we here. Twenty eighteen, pure uncut joy. Um, what what can the fans expect, man? I mean, obviously this it says in it in Brooklyn. the it says it in the title, "Pure Uncut Joy." Is the vibe? Is that the vibe? Is that what's going on? That's the vibe. I mean, it's a lot about life and death, and uh, but living in the moment, man. It's just like if I've been, you know, you you can't have existence without non-existence, mm. and if you understand that, you c- there, you know, there's that moment. The only thing that's really real. Is that? Yeah. Yesterday doesn't matter. Future yeah. doesn't. This is the only that yeah. sound <laughs> is the only shit, and yeah. we all know it. It's no. There's no secret to it. That's just crazy. Love's a message. Funky beats is great. That's you know, it. drink some kombucha. Hang with your people. That's it. Uh, mix it up, man. Mix it up. We're evolving. We're learning. And mm. so uh, this is just one show. This is I did an album that at, was at a punchline, and I did like four shows, and I edited it all together perfect. This is one show at a funky little space called Pete's Candy Store in Brooklyn. If you've been there, it's all a fuck with Pete's, Was right? this the backyard? Where this picture yeah, that's right in the front. Oh, this yeah. is a picture was taken by Mindy Tucker oh, hell yeah. right after Mindy. the show. I just hired her. She took it. I did it an hour. We taped it. I cut out 10 funky minutes. It's on tape. Blam! I got my man, who's a graphic designer, to do a dope logo. I got a little label that was nice and hungry, and they're ready to put it nice, out. Nice, nice. And th- now it's out, man. Go get it. Now you gotta go get that. All right. Um. Well, I guess we we gotta wrap it up. But like, uh, can we get some questions in here? We got the some fan, questions. The fan, the fan favorites. Fan favorites. Let's go. Let's get it. 
right. we'll have you back too because this isn't right. Like, no, it, no, no this you is, did enough. I talked too right. much. No, 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 no. I'm taking notes, and there's mad shit where I'm like, we need to know more about this. Yeah, I don't know. Young algorithms. So, who can't do? Math? I would love to do. I would love the show, and I tell you, everybody, listen to the scheme episode one and two. It's people, one of the most amazing podcasts. People don't come back. If you think you know about art. And if you want to know about, even it's beyond hip hop, it's about art and just being an individual. Mm -hmm. So many jewels on that thing, man. That thing was so heavy. When he says the shit about like, yo, like it not being from a a academic place, like hip hop and like graffiti and like society, not wanting to give it its props. Like it's the only art form that was created here in America. Yeah. Out of nowhere, out of what you know, cutting off public schools. That's the same thing with hip hop too, Mm -hmm. man. Was and that's what I was. People can say America sucks and all that, but we gave it hip hop, gave it hip hop, gave it jazz, gave it rock and roll. There's no Beatles without America. That is a fact. Right. All right. Let's get these questions and then we'll. What's your favorite bodega item you've only seen in New York City? Oh shit! Quarter waters. Uh, Bodega, I only in New York City. Maybe Quarter Waters. I I love. I don't. You don't see them as much anymore. But you know, a nice red juice. That's always Damn, nice. Damn, you're right. I haven't seen a Quarter Water in forever. Ever. Maybe Lucy. Maybe a loose blunt. That's always. You don't see that at Seven Eleven. Yeah, you're right. You don't see that, that. You know, at CVS. You you know, Lucy. What else, man? Were you around when they used to sell nickel bags at bodegas? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Oh, shit. Remember, like that's how you know, like. Whenever there's a lot of things going on, you're always going to find the best because it's competition. Yeah. Like, if you go to a town, know, yeah. you know why pizza sucks certain places? Because there's only two pizzerias and yeah. fucking Domino's. But it's like, if you go to New York and, like, every block or two has a pizzeria, yeah. you're going to find good fucking pizza. Yeah, so yeah. it's the same thing Strong with the nickel survive. bags back in the day. It was like, yo, you knew the spot that had the body bags. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yo, they got the body bags on Bronx Boulevard. <laughs> Was there a code? Did you have, to, or did they have to know nah, you? Nah, it was back then. It was open air too. Like nobody gave a fuck. It's like New York walk, didn't. People a dude didn't give just a fuck. Be, yo, it's the dude standing outside of the store right there. Got it. And you yeah. like, yo, let me get one. It's yeah. Like, All right, cool. Give him the money, then go pick it from the dude. Yeah. yeah. All right. Next. What's the, what's? What's your favorite word or phrase, and why? Word or phrase. Dang, man, that's uh, uh, hmm. What was I thinking about the other day? Uh, the meek shall inherit the earth. Mm. All right. You know about that shit? I don't actually. I I'm gonna have to look shit. it up. I know that's Bible. That's biblical it's shit. Biblical yeah. shit. You know I don't know. Yeah. Who shall inherit the earth? The meek shall. The meek I know it from the Beastie Boys. They they rap it on some tripped out shit. And it's in the Bible. It's kind of heavy. Yeah, I know that. I gotta read it. I kind of like the underdog. I'm for the underdog. Yeah, me too. All man. right, that makes sense. All right. What would you do in the event of a zombie apocalypse? Oh, shit, man. Got to get a gun, shotgun, uh, machetes. Go to a treehouse. Build a treehouse. I'll go down to Virginia. I know some backwoods places those motherfuckers ain't going to, man. I'll go deep in the woods. I know places... (laughs) Oh, I know. Ma- there's mountains they ain't gonna be fucking with, man. They can't. They can't walk down there. You know what I'm saying? Beyond creeks and rivers and shit, where there's nothing, man. And I'll tell you, this is the truth. My grandmother lived in that town in Pound, Virginia, and you could go look it up on Google, and it's the most rednecky town in the world, like just town of 500, man. And but she lived in this house, and you would walk across the street, and there would be a pipe out of the mountain, and the pipe had water, mountain water, oh, and it was shit. clear. It was clear, just cr- and tasted so fucking good. That's crazy. Because the wa- the mountain filters out all the impurities, and it was just that's and the shit know, I was drinking. You know the mountain look how good there, I look. But you know the mountain look been there for gazillions of years. years. That's all mountain goats and and just green green grass and that's all crazy. that shit just cleans it. And you're that's what we were supposed to be drinking. Look at me, I'm 78 years that's old. Just crazy, I look this bro. good. Yo, you do look mad young, bro. No, I'm mad, mad because I was drinking that shit. I go see my grandmother go across, and she would make iced tea out of that shit, oh, make shit, biscuits, son. grits, all that. Busting dope moves off the good water. Yeah. <laughs> all right, this is the last fan question before PDS's ultimate ending question. What would you tell your seventh grade self now? I would say go for your dreams. Don't listen to the cool kids. Listen to yourself. And 
you know, have fun. Have fun and try not to stress. Stress, stress and fear. And I had a lot of stress and I had a lot of fear because it came from my mom because she was just stressed and full of fear after my dad passed away. So it, it came to me. And, uh, but that shit will destroy your life. So I say stress less, don't fear, ride it out, kid. Damn, that's like what I was going to, I guess. He yeah, I, like, well, I don't even think you need to ask yeah, that question. I was going to be like, yo, what would you tell somebody kind of stuck and like not knowing their direction? And it's just like maybe just one little thing might help them get over that hump. What would you tell them? But I feel like that's that is the answer. Them. Yeah. Let go of the fear because the fear and oh, don't overthink overthinking. Your brain is a supercomputer. And but have you ever seen your computer work too hard and it starts flipping out and starts smoking and shit, yeah. man? Because that will happen, man. Too many programs open. It's just yeah, like too many <laughs> programs. You got, got a couple pornos on yeah, there, yeah. downloading some viruses, viruses and viruses shit. McAfee and all that. Slow it down, man. Slow it down. And have fun and mix it up, man. Talk to different cultures. Travel. College is cool, but I didn't learn shit in college. I learned how to, you know, hang out. But when I traveled around the world and, and meeting different people and hanging with different crews, that's what, I, that's what I'm all about right now, man. I don't want to be alternative comic. I don't want to be an urban comic. I don't want to be a mainstream comic. I just want to be myself just and and, yo, and talk to new people. Yo, when you was in the lunchroom, man, you was just funny, man. It yeah, was, yeah, you know, yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't the, oh, the alternative funny guy is here. No, it was you was either funny or you wasn't funny, funny man. man. You know what I'm saying? So shout out to you. Thank you so much. Everybody uh, check out Pure Uncut Joy on every streaming platform. My man Rob Cantrell, look him up. You're going to love it. I guarantee you. Uh, I guarantee you this. Uh, check back in with us next Monday. Thank you so much for listening. Shout out to the good people here at ACAST. Shout out to Ned from Laughable. Shout out to Laughable. Shout out to uh, Apple Podcast. Check us out on SoundCloud. And uh, shout out to everybody out there listening. Peace.